You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with John Collins. He's a co-founder of Bible Project. John, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about Bible Project, uh, maybe how you and Tim met, and then um, how you guys got started making animated videos? Sure. Yeah, Bible Project is... uh, well, it started out as just a YouTube channel. We would put up, we do put up on our YouTube channel short animated explainer videos that are are walking through the Bible book by book, theme by theme, exploring the literary shape and design of the Bible and how it's one unified story that leads to Jesus. And um, the the project's grown while we still really focus on these these explainer videos we're doing a lot more stuff as well um with other resources starting to film classes uh but at its dna is just this desire to to become lifelong meditators of scripture and Mm. really learn how this book works and um become bible nerds and uh we so tim and i we started this about six years ago. We Tim and I met in undergrad uh, at a Bible school here in Portland, Oregon, where we're, we're located. Okay. And we both worked at a skateboard ministry. And we, oh, interesting. Yeah. We became friends that way. Also, our wives um, uh, are friends. And so over the years, we just stayed connected. Tim went on to just stu- continue to study um, just a true Bible nerd, um, getting his doctorate in biblical studies and Semitic languages. I, I then went on and started to learn um, animation and and video production and was just kind of a freelancer. And then I started an, an explainer video shop where mm-hmm. we started making all sorts of these short animations for for companies and nonprofits and really learned this medium of using visuals and animation to make complicated ideas uh, easier to understand and was really interested in, in using that skill to talk and think about the Bible. So Tim was moving back to Portland. For, for, he, he was doing school out and... Uh, he got his doctorate out at Madison, Wisconsin, University of Madison, Wisconsin, and um, he's moving back. And we just started thinking about this project, made a couple pilot videos, put them up on YouTube with with this vision of, "Hey, we got a whole library of these we want to make, and we don't we don't want to charge for them. Um, we just we just want to make them, and we want to make them freely accessible." And just kind of rode the wave of the crowdfunding model of being able to just ask people to become, you know, micro patrons and, and contribute so that we could have enough money to hire more designers to make more videos. And it's been really successful and people have gotten behind it and we've made a lot of cartoons on the internet about the Bible. (laughs) Now, when you guys came together to, to start this, were you, um, were you yourselves doing the actual animation or were you still hiring some of that out? What did that look like? Um, uh, we, we were, we, so when we started, I, um, I did a little bit of the animation. I think our first, our very first video I animated. Um, but that's the only design or animation I've touched since then. My skills as an artist are pretty limited and, uh, we, uh, we hire we hire designers, animators, illustrators. We've got a, a really amazing team of designers that work on everything. Um, so yeah, right out the gates, that's what I knew I wanted to do. That's how I did explainer videos previously. I I knew enough to be able to do one myself if I had to, 
but it just would be really uh, not as good as I'd want it to be. And there's people way more talented <laughs> at me than move, at moving keyframes around and drawing really beautiful art. And um, and so Tim and I write and direct, and um, you kind of see we have credit slides on most of our videos. You can kind of see all the artists involved. Yeah, that's really cool. So kind of realizing the limitations of your strengths and skills and, and outsourcing to people who are more talented than you in those spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as you guys continue to grow, uh, what are, cause I mean, you, what, how many years did you start this at seven, eight years ago? More than well, that? Well, it was 2014. So it's been about six years. Okay. Um, and now what over 2 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. So as you guys continue to grow, what are you what are you most excited about looking towards the future for Bible Project maybe in the next 2 to 3 years? You mentioned that you're doing some online courses. That's that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I'd love to hear some more about that. What what are you guys most excited about? Well, you know, when we started this, I really thought it would be just a side job. Uh-huh. And uh I or really just a side hobby. I just love I, I love doing this kind of work. I love trying to understand things that are important. I love then trying to communicate those things, distill them down. Um, and as a follower of Jesus and someone who grew up in the church being told, you know, th- this book is really, really important, wanting to just dive in deep and understand it. Um, we thought that we would do it on the side and we would just hire freelancers as we had enough money. And we had about 100 and maybe 20 videos, 120 videos that we outlined. Well, Tim really brought this like master list of videos. Like here's the videos I'd want to do. Most of those were just an overview of a book of the Bible. But then Uh there was like 25 or so what Tim calls theme videos, which is taking a biblical motif or design pattern and tracing that through the whole narrative and seeing how it really brings the whole thing together um and it always has its climax in jesus and its its resolution and new creation so we had that list of videos and really initially the project was let's just get those videos done and um we we're we're turning a corner and as an organization to we're no longer just a project um it's 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 turned into a thing that it's going to continue on uh, that list of videos continues to grow, but also just the opportunities um, that we have beyond just making videos continues to grow. Um, We are filming classes now. Uh, It's classroom.bible where we bring in a handful of students. Tim teaches for three days through um right now he's teaching through genesis and it's all filmed really high quality uh, a lot interactive questions it's it's seminary level content it's free and i'm really proud of the platform it's really cool um there's only one class up right now as of what this is june mid-june there's going to be a second class up in a couple of weeks uh so there's an intro to hebrew bible class it's about Oh boy, it's about 14 hours of content, but um, with all the other stuff, you really, it's probably about 30 hours of commitment. Um, And uh, we, um, we're becoming more of a technology company. You know, we we were just an an animation studio, but now we, um, with this learning management system that we built for classroom.bible and also an app that we're going to be developing, um, we're shifting gears into becoming uh, an educational technology company and not just a animation studio that wants to finish um, a series of videos. So all that's really exciting. The vision or the mission has remained the same. We want to, we want people to experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus and to see it as literary art, beautiful, super sophisticated, well-designed literature, ancient Uh Jewish literature, um, that as people of faith, we also have a strong conviction and belief that is, is God breathed. And, um, and that, 
by by appreciating it in that way, it just comes to life in 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 new ways. And so that's really stays the center, but our vision keeps growing with the amount of impact we're seeing it's having. So with the classroom.bible pursuit, does that become then its own entity that sits under Bible project and like you're that that's free content. So are you going like the online university going for accreditation type type direction with that? Uh, no, we're not going to go that route. We won't pursue accreditation. We um, and we we will partner with accredited organizations that want to use the content and kind of put it into their um, into their curriculum. But uh, it's really we want to uh, we want to create an opportunity for people who don't have access to seminary, whether mm. it's the time or money um they just they they can't swing it uh right we, we want to provide an alternative that would allow them to um, really go deep get seminary level instruction it's built for teachers but you don't have to be a teacher to hang um it's just it goes in deep and um uh tim you know kind of the story behind it is that tim teaches adjunct at a seminary here in Portland. Okay. And um, he, you know, he only gets to teach 15, 20 people at a time. It's, it's, it's people who can afford it. Um, and, and then, you know, you spend that three or four days with those, that group and then it's done. And what we've found is so cool about our videos is that once we make it, it just it ends up having such a long life and can be yeah. viewed hundreds of thousands of times, millions of times and continue to have impact. So we really love this opportunity to, um, to have, to, to leverage digital technology that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so we just started dreaming together. What if we had you teach and we brought students in and we filmed it. And uh, so Tim still teaches adjunct, but um, we're, uh, we're also making these classes. That's cool. Now, of those 125 ideas that he originally brought, have, have you guys hit all of those ideas and now you've started to expand beyond those? Or are there still some left from that original list that, that you, you wanted to execute on? Yeah, there's still some left. We So... About 70 of those were books of the Bible. I mean, there's 66 books of the Bible, but we split up some of the larger right. books into two videos. Um, and then the remaining videos were mostly what we call our theme videos. And we haven't finished all of those. We're probably three quarters of the way through the list of theme videos. Theme videos are the hardest for us to write. Uh, we also usually put our most design muscle behind them and so we only do a couple a year okay um but there's been all sorts of other things that have spun up we we do um word study videos now which wasn't on the original list so we take a hebrew word or a greek word and we look at how that word is used throughout the story of the bible and actually just kind of use that word as a way to go through the whole story of the bible and um those are really cool videos we did a whole series that we just finished on how to read the Bible, um, like a hermeneutics kind of class. It's 19 videos looking at the different literary genres in the Bible and the different uh, sections of the Bible and how they work and, and skills to read them well. Mm. We're starting a whole new series. Um, actually, we're releasing the very first video in this new series. Um, we're calling it, we, actually, we don't really know what to call it yet. <laughs> we just want it internally um, the visual Bible commentary. Um, and it's basically going, uh, taking smaller literary units, whether that's a chapter of a book um, or even just a paragraph, and then just kind of getting more into the weeds and reading the text and doing, doing kind of commentary work, but doing it visually. And um, so... That could be a massive series because oh, yeah. there's a thousand chapters in the Bible. And um, let's see, what am I missing? There's, a, there's, a, there's other videos we're making. So that library keeps growing. And, um, and every time I think 
there's going to be some closure to it. We always come up with new ideas. <laughs> of course. Now, we didn't discuss this offline at all, but I'm, I'm really interested to hear how you guys think through and deal with like really controversial topics. Uh, I was watching a, a podcast that you and Tim were doing. Uh, I think one of the recent ones on the apocalypse uh, yeah. literature and, and he had, he had brought up a diagram and shown kind of where oh yeah uh, all the different viewpoints are. And, you know, this is, this is within, with like falling within scripture, you can kind of land on any of these points and, be okay. Like there's so much, there, there's so much division and, and controversy over a lot of things in scripture. How do you guys navigate that when you're uh, teaching through the Bible? Yeah. So, I mean, my main concern when I started this project and I kind of, I wanted to do this before, um, before recruiting Tim into it. Um, but my main concern was if I make Bible videos on the internet, I'm just going to get hammered. hammered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um and probably often for good reason because, you know, I'm not a biblical scholar and um and there's there are clear theological boundary lines that people protect and um some sometimes it gets ugly and um mm-hmm. so I was really expecting that that would be something that would we would constantly have to deal with, but surprisingly, uh, it hasn't been much of an issue for us at all. And and one reason is because when we look at these themes, I mean, we're talking really, really basic um, motifs and ideas that, that, that cross traditional lines. And then we stop short of saying, um, uh, well, we stop short of then how any specific tradition then applies or puts on top of that their their specific um, theology, or and, putting um, a stake in the ground for like you guys personally. This is where we would stand, or something like that. Yeah, and so what Tim will do sometimes, and um, you mentioned it with these these different perspectives on how to read the Revelation, which is what you're referring to that he kind of showed a chart of here's here's like a matrix of mm-hmm. ways that you can read read the book of revelation and um he'll tell you where he lands but but he'll tell you kind of the the scope of of um where larger christendom i'm sorry you can't hear that probably but i'm getting a facetime call um He'll give you a sense of where the the larger landscape, um, uh-huh. and we really want to stay. Or, we just want to stay orthodox, but also be ecumenical, and so that if you're Protestant or Catholic or Eastern Orthodox, um, that you will be able to rally behind this content. Mm. Um, we uh, that doesn't mean we've stayed out of trouble completely in every arena, but for the most part, it's been, it's been pretty smooth sailing. So surprisingly, so surprisingly, Tim's really good at, um, channeling, like kind of like embodying like a different mindset of like, okay, how would my Lutheran friends think about this? Or how would my, you know, Catholic friends be thinking about this? And then for us to be just really respectful that we don't step on certain toes and we allow um, we allow for uh, all of those people to, to watch the video and be like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. And then that, that's why we then also and then fill in the blanks based on your tradition. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have done a really good job of that. Just your, the presentation is so uh, gracious and gentle um, that I, th- I think that's a big reason why. Um, you haven't run into a lot of those controversies maybe because the way you guys present and and the demeanor that you approach it uh, is, is so gracious. So kudos to you for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Now shifting a little bit uh, Bible project has one of the most significant followings on YouTube uh, in the ministry sector. And so as I mentioned earlier, like at over, 
2 million subscribers now, you know, with millions of views across all of your content. Uh, can you share your thoughts on creating content where audience attention is right now? Like what can the ministry space church and parachurch learn from the success you guys have seen uh, in creating content where audience attention is? Hmm. Yeah. We, you know, the internet is an attention economy, right? It's everyone screaming for your attention. Mm -hmm. And um, I I came from a traditional marketing background where you're trying to figure out how to convince people to pay attention to your thing. Um, And I actually just found that trying to kind of like trick people into paying attention to you through gimmicks or just, um, or just being loud or being audacious. It's just not, it's not my thing. I just don't find a lot of enjoyment trying to crack that code. Mm -hmm. What, what I really love is um, is just focusing on creating value. And the way I can I am built to create value is by distilling big ideas and making them accessible. And what people people want to understand the world. People want to understand scripture. They want to understand all sorts of things. And people aren't dumb. We're all really intelligent. We just don't have the time to sift through all these complicated issues. And so people find it really valuable when someone does that sifting for you and then is able to then present you with these ideas in a way that's accessible. Um, you, You mentioned our tone. Our tone is not like you ought to believe this or I'm trying to convince you of this. It's just more like, man, I really want you to understand this. This is really yeah. worth understanding. Um, and um, and I found that people want that kind of content and then they love to share that kind of content. It's content that helps you have these paradigm shifts. And um, those are really lovely moments where it's like, whoa, I didn't understand that and now I do. And now I see the world a little bit differently and I can't unsee it. And those are just those are powerful moments that we cherish and, and and like to share. And so people give their attention to those kind of things. Um, I, we found that YouTube is a great platform for that. And um, I mean, people, there's I I can't remember the 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 number, but there's just millions of minutes of video added to YouTube every day. I mean, yeah. every day. So there's all t- sorts of stuff. And, um, you know, I just tell people focus on creating value, creating something that someone will go, this is, I'm so glad that this exists. It, it just brought a lot of value for me. And and the quality at which you guys are doing that is so high as well. I think that that plays a part of it. But wh- I mean, what it sounds like you're saying is specifically for you, as someone realizing that, hey, I can, I have this gift uh, instilled in me by my creator to be able to take a complicated idea and distill it down so that anybody can understand it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer that skill up and that that gift at, to provide value to others, and I'm gonna be who, like, I'm gonna live within my identity. And and live within the gifts and talents that I've been given, and and then we'll see where it goes. Right? Is my mm-hmm. hearing that correctly? Yeah, totally. So I don't know. I, th- I think that there's just something that a lot of ministries can learn. Uh, Big C Church, local churches, parachurch space can learn from that. Like, there's we're all have some value that we can provide. There's intrinsic value in um, sharing stories of how God's transformed people's lives. Um, And if we're able to do that in a digital space, I think there's a a lot of success that can be had for ultimately the kingdom. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'd add that um, I think that, 
it's what I've often find is if someone really wants to build an audience or um, kind of have success in some sort of platform is that there's this sense of if I just have the right people championing my stuff um, and uh, get the right kind of exposure. Mm -hmm. Um, If I just basically, if I crack the code on marketing, then, um, then I'll find success. And that is true. Like when people, you know, the right people share your stuff, that's huge. But, but I think that by putting so much focus on that, we're not then giving the proper energy to just creating something that actually has value. And so I just, I think it's asking yourself, what do I wish exists? Like what is something that doesn't exist right now, but man, if it did, I would just, I would eat it up. I would love it. Um, It would bring value to me. That's a really good place to start because then likely it will bring value to others. Mm -hmm. And then I actually learned this from um, a guy named Kevin Kelly. Um, He said that, you know, our instinct is then to kind of try to hold those ideas tightly because we don't want someone else to steal that idea and run with it and have success. But, but Kevin taught me that you should have the opposite approach. You should actually be try to give all your ideas away. So when you have an idea of, Oh, this would be a lot of, this would create a lot of value. If someone did video like this, or someone made this kind of content, like go out and just tell people about it and be like, man, who do you know who should be doing this? Should you be doing this? Should someone else be doing this? And just like kind of give these opportunities away. And um, the, 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 op, the ideas that no one ends up running with, but that you can't shake, right? Like no one else is doing it, but you just, you still wake up in the morning thinking about it. Those are the things that you need to, you are specifically created to do. Um, mm. and, and, then, and then do those things. That's really good. And I think that there's there's so much uh, manipulation in in traditional marketing and and especially in the ministry space that I don't I just don't think that that can uh, in the long term is going to be as successful. What Simon Sinek says, we should be uh, inspiring rather than manipulating in our in our communication. So right. um, that's really good. So I mean, let's shift a little bit. Um, but how do you guys, how do you guys view discipleship in a digital space? Like so much of discipleship is, um, face to face. We've seen through COVID that there's an incredible opportunity to engage with people who don't know Christ in a digital space. You guys have been doing that for a, a long time, six, seven years, uh, from your perspective, being successful in digital, what can, what can the church learn from COVID and, and what we've experienced in the last couple of months and how can she, um, meet and engage with people where their attention is in order to, um, in order to share the love of Christ. Like what have you guys seen over the last handful of years doing this? Maybe not necessarily as a discipleship focused organization, but, um, just in, in what you've learned, um, being so successful in digital. Yeah. Well, like, can I ask you when, when you think about discipleship, what, what does that term mean for you? Um, walking with another individual in, in their the growth and development of their relationship with Christ, whether that's you know from not a conversion based model where there has to be conversion at the beginning, but like conversion at, at any point can can happen. But like walking with an individual in a relationship, showing and guiding what it looks like to follow Christ, and then ultimately leading to making disciples themselves. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're really careful to not become uh, or compete with the church. Like the church is the church. And mm-hmm. um, we are not trying to be a digital church. Um, and, um, and that kind of discipleship, that kind of um, how you're describing it is very relational and we just don't have that kind of relationship with our audience. Like we don't, I mean, we, we hear from them um, and we hear stories from them, but we don't, you know, we're not living life with them and mm-hmm. we, and we don't have that insight into how to, um, 
how to help someone align their life closer to uh, the ways of Jesus. Um, but what, you know, our, our mission is, is to help people understand the Bible and the, um, the, you know, our conviction is that, um, becoming a Bible nerd is kind of a phrase we use, but being, <laughs> being like a, a lifelong meditator of scripture, Psalm one, blessed is the man who meditates on scripture day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. There's this, this, um, this practice of not reading the Bible to check something off the list, not reading the Bible to um, uh, try to become an expert uh, theologian, um, but to to read the Bible because it is divine literary art that shapes your heart and your soul. And as you meditate on it, and as these themes and ideas resonate with you, and as God's Spirit, you know, use that use that in you, like you will get shaped to become um, the kind of the kind of person that God d- desires us to be His His mm-hmm. image bearers who, um, who reflect who He is in creation, and um, and so our goal is to make that journey more accessible. Um, by providing tools to kind of give you frameworks so you don't get lost. I mean, this is ancient literature that is, is not always so intuitive to read. Um, and so I, you know, that's our contribution to discipleship. Um, we love to connect people with their local churches though, when they reach out and they're like, Hey, cause we do hear stories all the time of, I started following Jesus. I became a Christian um, after watching some of your videos, and um, and we love to connect them with with uh, the body of Christ in their in their city. And yeah, that's great. So, I mean, your audience is—I don't know what your audience looks like, but it's got to be incredibly global. And so, being a Portland, Oregon-based organization, and and having you know, an audience that is coming to you, maybe making decisions for Christ based on the content that that they've seen, being able to point them to a local body. That's really beautiful. Um, so is, are there like systems and strategies that you guys have in place to be able to come alongside those individuals that have come to you and, and be able to get, say, Hey, here's a, here's a local body of believers that you might want to plug into. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what our protocol is with our it's our audience engagement team now. We get lots of emails every day. I mean, it's it's become a big part of I mean, a couple people's jobs <laughs> just responding to emails and um uh I'd have to I'd have to connect with them to kind of see what the current state is, but I think the strategy just is as simple as, you know, when someone reaches out we respond and and connect over email as much as you can connect over email. If people ask for prayer requests, we um, we carve out time to pray for 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 people. Um, and if people are asking for more resources, we 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 point them in the right direction. And when people are looking for um, uh, discipleship, um, uh, mentorship, uh, community then we um uh we point them to churches in their city um i'm not sure exactly like if we have a rolodex um or kind of what their strategy is for for finding yeah. for finding those um but yeah that's really cool uh, what uh what maybe insights can you share around like back to the marketing discussion that we've talked about and touched on a little bit um that have have provided you guys success again, one of the most recognized brands in the ministry sector. What can other ministries learn from your guys' success? Is it for you just been, we posted content that had value on YouTube and it just kind of went crazy like wildfire or has there been strategies behind um, how you've gotten that content out to a wider audience? Yeah. My core strategy has been for Bible project and even before Bible project uh, was, is, um, 
create something that's valuable and then it will market itself. And that's not always true, but man, it's, it's often true. It's often the case. Like if Mm -hmm. you, you create something that really has value, people will share it. And that's just the beauty of the internet, right? Like, and then it will, um, it will do its own marketing work. And, um, so then the question becomes, how do you create something that really has value? And then that's, that's the trick. That's the craft. That's the, the thing that, um, as creators or artists or communicators, we, you know, obsess about and think about and develop those skills. Um, and, uh, we, uh, we don't spend money on marketing like bio project. We've, um, we don't, I mean, we, I think we've spent maybe a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there on like Facebook boosts. Um, I don't think we even do that anymore. I don't even know if that's still a thing, but like, <laughs> um, but you know, our biggest, um, marketing engine is YouTube itself. YouTube suggests our videos and they do it in a number of ways. They do it when you finished a video and you're on YouTube and they're like, Oh, you might also like this. And it's one of our videos. They do it in, um, the browse feature. Um, and half of our views come from YouTube sending someone to our content. So YouTube is our marketing engine. And, and obviously there's more than that too. Now, um, search engine optimization works the same way. There's all sorts of ways to kind of, kind of hack into it and try to figure out how do you get more Google juice so that, you know, when someone searches <laughs> a term, you show up on the first page and there's all sorts of tricks, tips and tricks. But really the number one thing is to create something that people start linking to and sharing because that's what Google wants to see. They want to see that this thing really has value. And then when people interact with it, they um, like it. And um, so now a ton of our traffic comes from the fact that if you search certain terms, we show up, you know, first on Google. And um, and we you can then go back and reinforce that with really good marketing and kind of supercharge it. And I, I, we'll get to a stage where we'll probably do that. But um, I, I think it shouldn't be the the first strategy the first strategy really is how yeah. do i create value no so you guys aren't even doing like pre-roll ads on youtube like before like play, playing you uh, ad in a similar piece of content before that video starts yeah uh we haven't we we actually just made our first kind of 30 second ad that um i I believe we are starting to spend a little bit of money testing it as a pre-roll. Um, and for certain demographics, people on YouTube to introduce them to our channel. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how that's going. I, um, I could, I could circle back with you and, um, get some more stats, but, um, we, uh, you know, YouTube's a little bit frustrating in that if you do pre-roll ads for your own content, Really, YouTube will just put on there. I mean, they'll let you limit it, I think. But really, it's like whoever wants to pay to play an ad. I would, lo- I would love it if if anyone from YouTube is listening to this. I would, <laughs> I would love the ability to, and I would, I would pay YouTube money to play my own ad on my own videos. We don't like, we don't play at other people's ads on our videos. But if if we could put pre-roll on our own videos to kind of cross-promote other things we're doing, that would be uh, awesome. But um, th- there isn't isn't that feature. Um, so that seems like an obvious feature. Yeah, wouldn't that be a cool feature? Yeah, yeah. I wonder why they don't. That's really cool, though. Yeah, just everything coming back to how do we provide the most value and create quality content around that value. And then put it out there because that's the type of content that's going to get shared and, and promoted and pushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As much as like you can try to learn these algorithms, YouTube has an algorithm, Google has an algorithm, Facebook has them, and you can kind of try to figure them out and optimize your content for them. 
what are the kind of thumbnails that people click mm-hmm. on more than others? What are the titles? What are the keywords that you put in the description and the metadata and this and that? And that's, you know, it's good to know those things, but that's really shouldn't be your primary focus. The primary focus, if that becomes a primary focus, then um, you're going to be constantly just fighting against, um, you know, millions of minutes of content, people <laughs> doing the exact same thing. Um, and oftentimes that just drives people down into this kind of, everyone starts making and looking the same. Um, and, um, and well, then you're you constantly chasing this unobtainable thing because it's going to con- constantly be, uh, constantly be changing. Like, Facebook and Google and all those yes. guys, they, they don't want you to figure that out. They've they got don't. No, exactly right. Like, they don't want you to. They want you to focus on creating something valuable. Right. And they're creating algorithms that are trying to sniff out what really has value. And so the best thing you could do is just focus Create on value. value. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, artistic expression is, is really crucial to your guys' ministry work. And obviously... Um, there's a high value placed on beautiful creative expression with everything that you guys do. Like the, the, I mean, the stuff that you guys are putting out is beautiful. Thank you. Um, can you, can you walk us through your mindset in regard to creative expression? Like, what do you think the importance is in creativity within, within the church and how maybe can the bride use creative expression for God's glory and, and greater kingdom impact? Like, as beings created in the image of a creative, a creative God, yeah. like what is, what does that mindset kind of look like for you guys? Yeah. Um, you just mentioned we're created in the image of, of a creative creator God. And I mean, that's, yeah, you got to start there. Um, I also love that, you know, the very first person in the Bible who's filled with God's spirit is, uh, I think his name's Bezalel in, um, in Exodus, and he's commissioned as an artist, craftsman, an artisan to build the tabernacle. Um, so he he the very first person filled with God's spirit in the narrative of the Bible is um, so an artist. And oh, that's cool. The purpose of all the artistry in the tabernacle was to remind you of uh, who God is and the purpose of God and humanity. Um, to 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 remind you that God placed us in this beautiful garden, you know, Genesis two, um, in which we're in God's presence and there's an abundance and it's good. And we're there to work and take care of it. And so all the art, all of the artisanal details of the tabernacle are helping like ignite your imagination to go back there. Um, and then also they, um, they give you the proper framework to kind of understand uh, the nature of God and his holiness and um, uh, and other attributes. And so, you know, art, it, it does that. It's, it, it unleashes our emotions and our imagination. And, um, and, and as beings cre- created in God's image and God being a, a a uh, creative mm-hmm. being that's just such an that's such an essential tool that we have and ultimately you know the um the gospel is spread through communication right like that the good news mm-hmm. of god's kingdom um comes through and fulfilled in jesus it's something that we have to go and tell um and and then experience and that happens through um happens through well-crafted sermons it happens through song happens through all sorts of other um creative expressions and um it's just it's just essential i mean the bible itself is literary art and it's it's and it's designed to evoke the imagination and our emotions and to align that with what's true. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, we just have such a rich heritage in that if anyone on the planet should care the most about art and beauty, it should be Christians. And actually traditionally it has been, it's kind of been this 
you know, I think we live in this this kind of weird moment in human history. I hope it's a weird moment where, you know, we'll look back <laughs> and we'll go, you remember that time in like the t- late 20th, 21st century where like Christians weren't the ones who were well, we didn't pushing care so art? Much about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it used to be that, you know, Christians, people of faith. I mean, if you just, I mean, just look at the, look at the Bible itself. It's this, it's a, it's an amazing piece of literary craftsmanship yeah. done by people of faith and, um, and it's legacy as just as literature, it stands above like any other piece of literature. I mean, I'm biased, but I mean, it's just, it's so sophisticated and beautiful. And, um, uh, and so Christians have constantly been pushing um, I, communication technology as well as uh, art um, throughout human history. And um, I think that, you know, in the last few decades, at least my experience, and that's all I've been alive for, is, um, <laughs> is that we just are behind the curve and we're just like trying our best, but don't, something's missing. Like we've, 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 we're kind of playing on the B team a little bit. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, I, th- I think this, this will be just a, a hopefully a blink in our, in human history. <laughs> One, I, I don't know my world history all that well, but, and I he even could have this time period wrong, but like you coming out of what Renaissance where mm-hmm. there was yep. this major, major focus within the church on art, yeah. uh, that maybe there's a pushback in the last couple generations to take things so far that like it, it becomes uh i don't know maybe, maybe that period we looked at that period as like this hey we took that a little bit too far invested maybe a little bit too many funds in that approach and so have gone the other direction and now don't you know i think it's getting better like within you and i's generation um we're, we're starting to see a, a, a greater interest and a greater focus on those things but um, I just wonder if if it was just like a in the last hundred or so years a pushback against hey let's not do that again let's not take it too far and like completely ignore uh, every other ministry's pursuit in the pursuit of great art. Um, I don't you know again not knowing world history all that well, but I, I wonder if that is an, a piece to that. Yeah, I mean art is. Um good communication and good art is it's hard and it's expensive. And, um, and then the impact it has is not, um, so easily, mm-hmm. um, uh, observable or immediate quantifiable. quantifiable. It's yeah. a slow burn. It's a, it's a like slow, <laughs> shape, it's a slow shaping of our hearts and imaginations. And um, there has been, at least in the tradition I grew up in, there has been this sense of, man, we we also just need, we need to convert people and we need to, to just move the needle. And, um, and so let's not get distracted by just trying to make good art when Mm -hmm. uh, we, when that the, the slow burn, we don't have time for that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah um and so i th- I think there's that tension interesting yeah I, I think i'm excited to see the the direction the church is moving i mean with, with the stuff that you organizations like you guys are putting out the content you're putting out there's there's a lot of good art being done within the church and ministry space and a lot of great storytelling and um I'm excited to see in the next couple of generations where the church goes um, being led by, by you and Tim and organizations like yours. So um, John, this has been, this has been really great. I don't want to take too much of your time and I want to be respectful of, of what you've got going on, but thank you so much for, for being on the show. I loved uh, our conversation and and excited to share this with everybody. Um, Can I pray for, for you and Bible project? Yeah, absolutely. 
Father, I just lift up Bible Project. I lift up John and, and Tim and, and the leadership at the organization. I pray that you would guide and lead them as, as they continue to be faithful with the gifts, talents, and abilities you've given them. Father, I pray that um, the work that they are doing would continue to have impact for your kingdom, that lives would continue to be changed. Father, thank you um, for uh, what you've done through Bible Project in my own life and and. Uh, so many people that I know who have uh, been touched by the content that they're creating and uh, just the ability f- with, of these guys to take complicated um, ideas and themes within scripture and uh, boil boil them down and distill them down into easily understandable pieces of content. Lord, it's just such a gift that you've given these guys. And I thank you that they have been uh, faithful to, to uh, use them for your glory. Lord, I pray that you would just bless and grow this organization and uh, continue to do what you're doing through them. Um, and uh, pray for Tim and John as as they lead and guide and, and to seek your direction for the vision and, and future of this organization. We love you so much. Thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John, uh, I don't know if I need to say it, but if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about Bible Project, how can they do so? Yeah, BibleProject.com is is a great place to go if you're just if you're a YouTuber and you like that platform. Everything, all the videos we make are on YouTube.com/slash the Bible Project. I have a I'm kind of most active on Twitter, um, and by active it ebbs and flows. But you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at um, J O N P D X, and um, yeah, perfect. So you weren't able to get rid of the when you rebranded. Or took remove the the on your oh, YouTube, on YouTube channel. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't. Does someone have YouTube.com slash Bible Project? Maybe someone took it from you. Uh, they're, wait, no one, they're waiting. They're no waiting for you there. to. They're waiting yeah, for you just, to reach out and uh, <laughs> offer some cash. <laughs> well, John, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, We would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at ReliantCreative.org. See you next time.